We're going undercover today. We've got a secret agent. This is They Think It's All Over, the Football Shirt Show. Yes, welcome back, listeners. It's episode 99. Can you believe it? 99 of They Think It's All Over, the Football Shirt Show. I'm Adrian Football Chatalia. Who's joining me today? It's Tom at Shirt Fan. And Adam at This One Kit. Adam, we have got a treat in store for you today. Can't wait. I'm looking forward to it. Gave a little clue at the beginning. I said, you know, we're going undercover with Secret Agent. You got any suspicions what we might have coming up? Is it a football agent? That's such a great guess. Thanks. It's almost as if I was aware of what's going on beforehand. Or you created the graphics for the podcast, either or. I mean, yeah, either or, either or. Yeah, so we were lucky enough to sit down and chat with Rob Seagal, not self-proclaimed, but by many, many people, apparently, and I'm not going to argue with it, having seen and heard about some of his shirts, with one of the greatest shirt collections in Europe. We are excited by this one, aren't we, Tom? Absolutely. I think this is the name droppiest podcast we've ever recorded, but... Amazingly, we actually had to squeeze the names out of Rob because he was reluctant to drop them. And even so, it's still the name droppiest of name droppy podcasts we've done. So it's a, a joy to listen to back. Listen back to this one. Yeah, you're right. Really, really modest guy, but an unbelievable shirt collection, which you saw in the flesh, didn't you, a few weeks ago, Tom? Yes. So this is that fabled Admiral event, which I spoke about. The pod was invited to the photography session for Admiral's new book, which is called Admiral 50 Years of the Replica Shirt. That book is now available to pre-order at the moment. It comes out in June. So if you order now, you'll get it for June and you'll get £5 off, I believe, if you go through the link on their socials. And I mean, having seen these shirts in person, the book is well worth it. A look i think high quality photographs shirts that are rarer than hen's teeth that you'll be able to see up close and personal and like you said i was lucky to see him in person most people were crowded around rob's collection because he had the match one england admiral stuff plus plenty of other things but yeah if you want to have a look yourself take a look at this book and listen to the rest of this podcast well i'm even more excited now i think we should uh we should get to it right Here's when Tom and I spoke with football agent Rob Siegel. Hello, listeners, and welcome to this week's feature. And it's a new one, this one, because I am joined by someone I was very fortunate to meet at the Admiral event a couple of weeks ago, where we celebrated 50 years of the replica shirt. And Admiral had a hell of a lot of collectors there at that event. Some of the best collectors in Europe. And the person I was told with the best collection in Europe is who I'm going to introduce you to today. And that is Rob Siegel. Hello, Rob. How are you? Good afternoon. I'm very well, thanks. How are you guys? We're great. Thanks, Rob. Um, I'm joined by Adrian as well. Adrian's here. We're looking forward to you uh, living up to the billing. I mean, that's a high, high bar, the number one collection in Europe. And we're going to find out why. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure it is, but... You know, for the amount of time I've been collecting, it probably should be somewhere near the top. But there's some other people out there with some really unbelievable collections as well. 
So, Rob, perhaps the best way to start this off is if you could just introduce yourself, tell us who you are and tell us why you got into collecting. Yeah, absolutely. So, so my name's Rob Siegel. I am a, um, I'm a football agent by profession. I was one of the original ones from around about, I'm scared to say, about 1993, 94. Then I was qualified by 96 and full time by 2000. Um, and that's where it's been going ever since, a mixture of being with bigger companies and then leaving those companies and starting my own companies again. I've had a fortunate career to date. And it's funny, sometimes when you watch the scores and games coming in and on a Saturday afternoon and you think to yourself, after all these years, oh, I looked after him. Oh, I did that transfer uh, and such like. So it, it goes back, there's, there's so much history in the job that I do, but um, it jogs my memory all the time. So, um, yeah, it's, there's a long way to go yet as well, by the way. So can we be cheeky? And we want you to give us your best name drops. Who are some of the, the clients or, or deals that you've worked on, if you're allowed to tell us? I've, I've done thousands, absolutely thousands. So when people ask me that question, which is like, the question is, so who do you, who's your most famous client? It's like my next one. I, they've come through. I mean, you know, I had Raheem Sterling at 14, 15 years old all the way through uh, up until Manchester City. Um, Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain, John Terry. Um, just just so, so many, you know, God knows how many Tottenham players. At one stage, when I was with one company, my, my clients, with their clients, we had 17 Arsenal players, which meant, consequently, I was sitting in Arsene Wenger's office more than he was. And certainly most mornings I was in there before him and he starts early as well. So there would always be, every day there would be something. Um, and at that stage, it was within the two setups. It was everybody, just everybody at Arsenal. Omri, Vieira, Burkham, David Bentley, who's always been with me, always will be. Even though he's finished now, he's just a, a good friend. And then at Tottenham, there was literally everybody. It was a stage where you go through certain clubs and it was Chelsea, then there was Leeds, then was Arsenal, sorry, I said Arsenal, Liverpool, Man United, Everton, and it, it just goes on and on and on. Uh, I'm not starting. actually answering your question though, am I? <laughs> no, but we're uh, starting to get some insight into how great this shirt collection could be and why. So the, the shirt collection we've got to rewind again so I, I grew up in Wembley and how it all started was I had a next door neighbour who was friends with my brother who played for Orient uh, called Bobby Fisher now he played in that team that Orient team with Laurie Cunningham um, and then just after he left they got to the semi-final of the FA Cup got beaten by Ipswich in the semi-final in 78 um, and then Ipswich went on to play Arsenal beat Arsenal 1-0 but coming back just after one game Rob just gave me a butter orient shirt and and that was the first shirt uh, so that was kind of that's interesting because you go to the club shop and there was nothing then there was nothing if you wanted to wear an orient shirt you just buy a red t-shirt and, and stitch on a line or whatever it was so living in Wembley what we would do is because in those days security was one man and his dog so after school, we'd go there and I was so sort of small that in those days there were gates that would open and shut at the end of the games. We could crawl in and I must have played on Wembley pitch about 
150 times. No way. With with school school uniform jackets as goalposts. And sometimes we could play for hours and other times it was just get off that pitch. <laughs> um, and um, hey, sometimes if the dressing rooms were open, and if, I don't know if you remember, but there was a long tunnel. It's just a very long player's tunnel. Sometimes the, because you just get into the tunnel, that's no problem. But the doors at the end, either side of the tunnel would be the dressing rooms. Sometimes you could get lucky and the doors were left open. So we'd even sit in the dressing room before going up onto the pitch and, and just try out luck. And, and that would be an occurrence of maybe three or four evenings a week, which is probably why my qualifications weren't particularly fantastic. <laughs> Didn't have time for homework. I was playing at Wembley. So, yeah, sod the, sod the qualifications. You got more Wembley appearances than Peter Shilton. <laughs> Absolutely. I think I probably had. And so then there'd be the international games and you'd hang around waiting for autographs, this, that and all the other. But what I could see was when they were coming out and they'd have a shirt or whatever in their hands, that that was nothing like the shirt I was saving to buy at the local sports shop. Nothing like it. Different material, the badges, everything was completely different. And that all changed with the England strip in 1975 when Admiral took over. And from like a horrible nylon Admiral replica with stuck-on badges, I could see these were cotton with lots of little holes in, which is now known as Airtex. That, that kind of started it. And then after a game on a Saturday, say an FA Cup final, I'd go to the stadium, they'd be tidying up. And again, the big doors where they took the, would, the coach would go in, go in. Sometimes the dressing room would still be open and dirty. You'd look through empty boxes. So I think what they used to do is the kits just used to arrive from the manufacturers and take them out of the boxes. And that was how they'd first see their, their, their kits. And once after Man United Cup finals, going through some boxes, and there was a pair of Man United shorts, Admiral in there, still got them. So that, but the funny thing is, you know what's, it's so crazy. The, the shirt collecting situation at the moment, any collector that, ends up watching this, will totally agree. Everything has just gone crazy. Everything is worth money these days, which in a certain kind of way spoils it because it, it's never meant to be about that for me. The boxes, like the Admiral boxes that I used to kick around the changing room looking for and being disappointed because there was no leftovers of anything because they very rarely left anything. And in all those years, it was one pair of shorts. But you know, even those Admiral boxes are now worth money. Everything connected to memorabilia mm. is worth money. It's not for me. I haven't got the time or the inkling, and it's, my, it's, it's still my passion. But there are people that are starting to use it as a business, buying, selling, trading. But the kind of stuff that I've got go back to yeah. England 1966 World Cup shirts and then through. My collection is good up until, I, I reckon the end of the 1980s so i've got 60s till let's say the beginning of the 90s sorry but that england admiral shirt as well you said 75 because that was one of the shirts that you brought along when i met you and there was a bit of a crowd around your pile of shirts i know but could you maybe tell us a little because that was a match worn one as well wasn't it that 75 one that you had yeah yeah that, that particular 75 one was uh colin bell I, I got that in an auction, and I, and I know that was, apart from them saying it was, I could tell it was, uh, because when you collect shirts for as long as I do, you can tell by the stitching, you can tell by the label, you can tell by the shape of the shirt, you can tell by the inset. Ad, Admiral, it's, it seems now, consequently, that 
every time they did a set of shirts, it was slightly different. So in that respect, it's really good because I can pinpoint the games. That particular game, for some reason, there was no Admiral logo on the shirt. It was just the England badge. And the way it was positioned up against the V, it just all colour-coded in and picture-coded in. It was perfect. But I've got about seven or eight variations of that home England shirt. They, they are my favourites. So a lot of these shirts now are becoming extinct. It's like a dinosaur. I don't feel like a dinosaur, but the, the actual shirts are, are becoming historic. They're getting harder and harder to, to come by. I love that sentiment that you said about how it's becoming a business, but for you, this is your passion. And, and for us on the podcast that do that, we, you know, that is exactly what this pod is, is aimed at and what we're trying to kind of get across is this, this is a passion. It's not something to be, to for money to be made off of it. And I love that you mentioned that, but I'm going to ask you to tell us a little bit about some of the highlights of your collection. But there is one I want to touch on because, again, when I was introduced to you, I was told about this shirt. And am I right in thinking you own Gordon Banks's shirt from when he made that legendary save against Pele? Yeah, I have got that shirt. I've got that blue Umbro number one Airtech shirt. Wow. Yeah. I say I've got it. It's, it's in the bank. It's just too risky to... Yeah. to... I've got lots of pictures of it, but I really, really get it out of the bank. So, yeah, I, I, I bought that from somebody that was given that. I bought that for a lot of money, a lot of money, uh, eye-watering amount of money. But I just felt that if you're looking at the history of football, that that's going to be one of the poignant moments. So I, I've got that. That That is, yeah, I'm lucky. That's in the England book and everything. But people yeah. ask to see it, and of course, I, I just haven't got it showing the picture but but you're right you know a lot of a lot of where the passion of collecting comes from it is those moments that make a shirt so special the the individual that wore it it's it's that memory of it isn't it you're almost connecting with a piece of history and a, and, a, and a feeling. yeah but i mean the, the, the thing is I, I, let me give you another angle on all of this um which i think would be very interesting or or sad whatever way you want to look at it so for me the golden bank shirt you know, listen, that's not even a discussion. That's what it is. And I had to have it. But for me as a collector, it's not about the game. It's not about the game it was worn in, whether it was an own goal or it was a hat-trick shirt. You know, for, for me, it's about the shirt. I don't even care, personally, if it hasn't got a number on it. It's about the actual shirt. It's about the difference between what you might have got in the shops and what I've actually got you know, a, a match-issued shirt. I, I know some people these days, they like them hot, sweaty, dirty, so that they can picture maps, the, the, the mud stain, stuff like that. I'm about the shirt. I'm not about the game. So when you're a collector like I am, it, it's a slightly different angle on it. I, I'm not too bothered. I just want the shirt. I don't care if it's... In many ways, I don't want it signed, and I probably don't even want it worn. I don't care. I just like the shirt. And people say, well, how do you know? How do you know? It's almost like being an, uh, an elite stamp collector. You know what you see and you know what it is. I can tell at a glance what something is. I know you guys are sitting there thinking, Jesus, he is one sad git. But you know what? It's just for me. And, and now, 
because the Far East are getting involved, the prices have gone through the roof. Yeah. I was following one yesterday. I quite fancy it was a Tottenham uh, Lecoq Sportive 1982 centenary shirt. Number 10. And here we go. Let's go a little bit deep for you. It was a Lecoq Sportive shirt. It had Umbro numbers on it. I could tell it was an Umbro number. I know the one and everything and the shape of the zero and everything. And I was kind of in for it around about, I thought I might might be able to get it for maybe two and a half, three thousand. How, how much do you think that shirt went for? It was just a lead shirt. It had Centenary, Tottenham, the Cox Sportive. The, the ones in the shops at that stage were slightly smaller, embroidered, but the, the Cox Sportive was stuck on. These are all embroidered, numbered, and it's, it, was the, it was the shirt. Would that have been Ricky Velia? down? No, in 10 would have been um, Glenn Hoddle. Glenn Hoddle. Oh, if it's a Hoddle shirt, I'm going, it's definitely near the 10 grand mark. Probably way over. I'm not sure. What do you think? It pains me to think it's going to be much higher than that. But is it much higher? Much higher than that? Yeah, thirteen thousand two hundred. Wow! Wow! Oh, it's just it's it's just. I killed the market. It, yeah. As a consequence, I find myself if I lose a shirt at certain auctions, I'm just like this. Okay. You can always sort of say there'll be another one, there'll be another one. But the reality is there probably won't be. But from that point of it, it, it's kind of taken a shine off of it. So there are different types of collectors. There's ones that concentrate on one team. And most of the teams in the premiership have a shirt collector. And I, I know who they are per team. Or there's a collector like me who just liked all the shirts. So I collect every team. Um, I'm not bothered. I've, I've got a good Champions League selection through my work where I will ask for those shirts. And, you know, if I go into a training ground to do a meeting, one of the few perks of my job is I can just quickly nip into the, <laughs> the kit room and ask if there's a Champions League ball knocking about or some shorts, because I wear shorts when I go to the gym. That's no problem. Um, other than that, these days I collect... Those 70 shirts, yeah, uh, but uh, Admiral Umbro, uh, a little bit of Adidas. Then I've got every single England shirt. I do collect up to date every single England shirt, match warm. And if I can get some shorts and socks as well, then they're put in a sealed bag. Maybe at a later date, we'll, we'll have a look around my, my room. And Tottenham, which is my team, I mentioned I try and have a home and away from from every season but if you said to me what's the last liverpool shirt you've got i i, I haven't got a one of the new liverpool shirts i've got no interest in them whatsoever and then and if you're you've got to remember these days they you know they're swapping at half time and they've got three or four yeah. shirts a game um and when they play in the champions league finals they get seven shirts a game so there's so many people out there that are you know, putting the shirts together. And, and I actually, on the modern shirts, can't tell the difference. So I, I just steer away from them. I get given through clients, then that's fine. But they're just thrown on a shirt. I've got no interest in them whatsoever. I've never asked a client these days for a shirt. <clears throat> haven't asked for years. If it's a cup final, then I'll say, I'll, I'll have your spare shirt. Again, I'm not bothered if it's worn or not. I just want an example of that shirt. It's really interesting you say that about players being given seven shirts for for the bigger games. And I don't know if you came across this during the World Cup in Qatar, but there were reports that Lionel Messi for the 
for the you know the later rounds of the competition was was giving away around a hundred shirts a game to friends and family, and that was one of those shirts was gifted to Matty Cash, and you know this was the report and. A lot of these shirts went for auction afterwards as well, the worn ones. And, you know, mm. they made the press because they went for so much money. But mm. were you ever tempted to to get involved in the in the messy auctions or not at all? No, no, they, they, do, they don't do anything for me. It's just my preference on how I how I value my the things that I enjoy looking at. And it's really di- different how people collect. And you, t- you touched on it. I was going to ask, but you answered it already, who, who your team was, um, your Spurs. How do you sit on the issue of having Arsenal shirts? I mean, you represented Arsenal clients. You worked in uh, yeah, at Highbury or at training guys for many, many years. Are there many Arsenal shirts in your collection? Yeah, yeah, because they're great shirts. They're great shirts. I've got different variations of their FA Cup final shirts from the late 70s. I've got all their shirts. Actually, I've got all the tracksuits as well from all their finals. I'm missing the 71 shirt. I've got a 71 tracksuit. But other than that, I've got, I've got 78, 79, 80. Uh, then the Adidas ones that went into the 90s. I've got them all. They're just great shirts. I don't care about the teams. They're just great shirts. I mean, I've got, I've got a lot of Ipswich shirts because late 70s, early 80s, they, they had a different badge, uh, another you know wording underneath their main crest every season. They were really good. Man City are the same. I've got a lot of Man City's, got a lot of United's. I've got all the Liverpool Cup finals. I've got all the Liverpool Cup final tracksuits. Their, their Umbro stuff was amazing. Absolutely amazing. Yeah. Yeah, it's incredible the way you, you see it. You know, you've obviously just got that absolute joy and passion for the design feature and the variations. And it's not led by any sort of club bias or player bias or anything like that and I just always find that really interesting how, how unique everybody's collections are and driven by different yeah. reasons passion yeah. shines through there yeah and now 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 even shorts are going crazy shorts that's going to be the next thing that's the collectibles I've been doing it for a little while I've got about three sackfuls of shorts <laughs> match worn shorts with numbers and and all sorts going back to mid 80s so that's good I'm just so, waiting my moment on those because I'm definitely not going to fall in love with those. So they can, they can, they can go <laughs> at some stage, yeah, but, but not the shirts. And I say to my kids and my kids say, you know, geez, what's all this about? It's like, okay, you'll see. One day you'll see your dad wasn't such an idiot after all. One day you'll find out. <laughs> so here's a question for you then about the shorts, because... Football shirts, I think we all have an idea about which shirts traditionally are the most sought after. You know, the Admiral England shirts, you, you could go your Holland 88, those kind of things. But shorts, is there like a grail short for people or collectors? Not yet, but this could be a groundbreaking conversation between the three of us. It's going to happen. Remember this, it will happen. The shorts are different as well to the ones in the shops whether they're side vents. I know that in 1970, England wore air tech shorts. And in 1974, Scotland did as well, actually, in Germany. I've got a pair of Danny McGrain's where the gusset part of the shorts is air techs. Number, umbro badge, nice tie pulled at the top. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I do like the shorts. So they're different material. They're nylon in the shops. These are cotton. Badges are embroidered. Ones in the shops are stuck on. So, yeah, they're, they're all of those. But the, the mod, the, even the modern day shorts are slightly different. They cut differently and what have you. But th- they'll be the next thing that go. 
So you've told us about some of your your work and your clients, and we mentioned that Gordon Banks shirt. Aside from that one, aside from the England shirts we've mentioned, and again, do not have to mention the value because that's not what we're about. But in terms of your personal highlights in your collection, are there any shirts that you can tell us about? Yeah, it's strange, but I've got Laurie Cunningham's first England shirt, which is an Admiral one with the piping. I think it's, it's, it's the jury's kind of out that who was the first black player to play for England. For me, it was Laurie because he was an under 23, but the first full international was Viv Anderson. But that, that holds special memories for me. There is a Leeds shirt that I've got that signed a 1972 FA Cup final shirt. The game was Leeds versus Arsenal and Alan Clark scored the only goal. So I've got Eddie Gray's shirt. That's that's spectacular shirt for me. Wow. That probably, you know, it's that question, isn't it? There's a fire. Which one are you going to go and say? It, it could be that one. Except for, I think, I don't know, I'd, I'd just be suicidal if anything like that ever happened. Beyond beyond um so i think if that's the one shirt it could be that and that was the one do you remember guys it was a lufc written down it and then it's got centenary cup final step 1972 it's just a great shirt air you know for, yeah. for the listeners don't understand the air is the perforated cotton material like a tea bag I love that answer. I'll tell you what, because I just, I was sure you were going to go with England or Tottenham as opposed to Leeds. I mean, don't get me wrong, absolutely beautiful shirt, but it's just, it's great that you can just detach yourself from, as I said earlier, those allegiances and just go, actually, what shirt brings you the most pure joy to sort of look at and touch and feel? Yeah, no, absolutely. It was a completely different situation. I mean, you know, when, when you're within your your work, because it's a public interest, people won't let you forget what you do. Uh, but for me, I, I try not to talk about it too much because it's like oh, all the time. How much does he earn? Who cares? You know, how much do you earn? You know, but it's different. And so the modern day game, I, I'm not a fantastic lover of all this falling down for no reason. I, I'd rather see a, a winger take on a defender, get past him, put a cross in. But no, what happens now? You take one look at the defender, you pass it back 20 yards, another 20 yards, another 20 yards. Back from being in, in an attacking situation, you're back at the goalkeeper. Of course, the player won't take the defender on. So the modern game isn't isn't. I don't I don't get it at all, actually. But that's my work. So when it yeah. comes to that and kits and everything, I'm completely detached from it. It must it's help better. as well, in a way. It must help to kind of differentiate. You know, you put your own life, your personal life, and work. Keep that keep that to the side, but. I just want to ask one more before we do let you go. And that is, you've told us, you know, your highlights in your collection. What's the next one? If there's a shirt that came on the market that you're aware of and it finally became available and you'd be like, I have to get it, what would that be? Right. Every, there's a little band of elite shirt collectors. I've been doing it for, since 1976. There's an elite band of us. There's a guy in America. He's got the nearest comparable to me. He's got everything, kind of like I have. Really, really elite. And, I'm, you know, I'm proud of my collection. It was put together through passion, not through design uh, or structure. There's nothing like that. So all of these collectors, they all know 
Rob Siegel wants one shirt and then it's all over. Is this the shirt you want to you want to know what it is? The yes. It's a very simple Tottenham round about 1973-75. Very simple crew neck with the cockerel, short sleeve, air text. And I think they are totally extinct. Because what I've going what happens is you try and find the story behind the picture. And what I think happened was that they wore them in the summer, early parts of the season. They'd stretch, they'd tear, they'd be repaired. And then in those days, they'd go to the reserves, then the youth team, then they cut them up and use them to clean the baths and the seats and the terraces. I, I, I've spoken to every single Spurs player from that's still alive between 1972 and 78-79. I've asked every single player, begged every single player, because life in general now is the easiest thing to say is no. It's much easier to say no, because if you say yes, it means you might have to do something about it. So, But it was genuinely no. Then one day, I get a call from Steve Perriman, who was a Spurs captain in the 70s and 80s, as you guys all, I'm sure would know. And he said, Rob, I, I think I've got one of those AirTech shirts. You've good pleasure. You can have it. Uh, I know I've got an AirTech shirt up there. I'll come back to you. I've been thinking about it because he's such a gentleman. I've known Steve for many years. He calls me back. It's a white AirTech shirt, but it's an England under-23 shirt. Oh. Oh. And, and the wave of disappointment, I can't even begin to tell you. Oh. I've got about four of those shirts that he's telling me about. I've got about four of those anyway. So he said, do you want it? It's like, no, 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 please. I've got to go. I've got to go. <laughs> I can't handle it anymore. You know, so it's like ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Straight to the gin and tonics after that. Is like... But no, I think that shirt, and I think it, I, I do think it's extinct. I really, really do. What a sad note. What a sad note to end. You, you probably yeah. ruined my weekend now. As we oh. come up to 10 past five on a Friday, I'm feeling quite, quite sad now. So thanks very much for this. <laughs> but listen, shirt collecting is supposed to never end, right? So, you know, you've, you've always got that, you know, that, that next one over the hill. And one day, one day you might, you might find one. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? That, this, is, this, is what, this is what the hope is. This yeah. is definitely what the hope is. But it, no problem. Maybe we can do um, another conversation like this, which I've enjoyed, guys. Thank you. Maybe we can do it here or at my office where there's bits and pieces and we can walk around and talk about it and, and you, I can show you a bit more. You were very, very kind when we met to say about coming down to see it. And I, I know I've spoken to Adrian before we recorded this and I know Adrian would love to as well. Um, it would be amazing if we could sort something like that out. But um, Rob, honestly, this has been for us absolutely fascinating to hear that... And, uh, of your collection is it's unreal it really is and thank you and it's a pleasure for me as well because because of my job i'm asked to do um public talking about football etc and i've always steer clear of it because i just try and stay under the radar but that's what this is this is my passion and it, it's actually lovely to talk to you guys it's been my pleasure not yours really means a lot it does we, honestly the two of us people won't see this but me and adrian we've both sat here with the biggest grins on our face the whole time you've been talking and before we do let you go it's friday evening to enjoy your weekend the final question and it's this fantasy question you can combine any footballer from any era with any shirt any era and it's your fantasy combination what would you be going for what a difficult question almost an impossible question 
And you could go one of two ways. You could actually think of your favourite player in the worst shirt ever or your favourite player in your favourite shirt ever. Oh, how can you throw a ball at me like that? On <laughs> that is an amazing question. It's a feel-good one, though. So we're going to end this one on a high, I think. Yeah. I would say Glenn Hoddle, because I think he'd look fantastic. Glenn Hoddle in an Umbro 1970 World Cup shirt, short sleeve. But the one that I'd want is the one that I've got. I've got one of Jeff Hurst upstairs. It's, it was a sky blue crew neck. I think Glenn Hoddle would look brilliant in that, in a brilliant shirt and a brilliant player. There you go. You went that route. I don't blame you for going that route. Brilliant shirt, brilliant player. What an answer. I yeah. suspected we were going to hear Glenn Hoddle on that answer. I just had the feeling that that was where it was going to go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was tempted to go with the banana shirt of Arsenal, but I couldn't do it to him in the end. I just couldn't do it to him. <laughs> couldn't do it. I can see Ian Wright in it. I can never see Glenn in it. And it's really funny, you know, just to finish off with, people. I've got a very good knowledge of football anyway, and I've got a, I have to have a good knowledge of today's football, all jokes aside. But when I go back, in time, how I reconcile a player to a club is purely by their shirt. That's how I do it. I can name teams purely from their shirts, and that's how I know it. But then it goes even sadder. I can even tell you what make football they used to play with and all of that as well. It's just ridiculous. It's funny how it goes with hobbies, isn't it? I couldn't tell you where I was this time last week, but I can tell you where <laughs> ball they were kicking 45 years ago. All I know is who I'm calling up for the next uh, work quiz, Rob. That's all I know. <laughs> Absolutely. Happy to help. But, Rob, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us. And, yeah, My pleasure. We'll get to talk again. Love to. Really enjoyed it, guys. Thank you. I'm going to put this out there. I actually think this was my favourite interview we've done in 99 episodes. It was really good. And what I will say, unless we have, I don't know, Wayne Rooney on the pod, we're never going to get anyone else on here that's played on Wembley pitch as many times as Rob has either. So, Adam, do you think we overhyped that collection of Robs? Beforehand, I honestly thought, this sounds like it's going to be a good collection. And it might be a good one. It might be a very good one. But honestly, he may well actually lay claim to the best collection in Europe. That's insane. Some of the stuff he was listing, and what I found really interesting as well, he's done something which I know a lot of us struggle with. He doesn't care about like club loyalty in the sense, obviously, being a Spurs fan. He just loves collecting shirts. And to have the like the FA Cup shirts that he has of Arsenal and Liverpool throughout the years, his England collection as well, but to have like rival teams... Just because he loves the shirt so much, especially Arsenal, like his love of design really came through. And honestly, my word, like I thought I had a good Liverpool shirt collection, but geez, it's incredible. Incredible. Yeah, it was hard probably because of how we collect personally to get my head around that. But actually, you could hear how passionate he was about it and how he genuinely just loves those designs and and doesn't let that get in the way of his collection. And maybe, maybe I don't know, maybe it's to do with his work as well, because he's represented, as we heard, some of the biggest stars that have played for Arsenal. You know, your Henri's, your Bergkamp's, they've all been clients of his. So maybe as part of that as well means that he's not so, I don't know, fiercely loyal to club colours as such. I don't know. 
or maybe just not as tribal as your average football fan and football shirt collector can be? I think it's really cool, you know, hearing some of these stories. Like you said, Avi, that passion he has, it's really, you know, we we could all identify with that and, and feel that passion as well. But I love how, like, you know, he was one of the, the grounding agents, one of the very first in the game. And you, like I said, that passion for football just comes across. And he's a proper purist with his collecting. Design, 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 moments, 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 and memories for him. And I just, I, I love that. For someone that's so involved in football, to be able to take that step back and just be like, I love football shirts for football shirts, not for the clubs or the players. I thought it, it was really cool listening to some of his stories. And we got to take him up on that offer to go out and see some of those shirts, Tom, right? Oh, Absolutely. Absolutely. He's invited us twice now as well, so we definitely have to have to say yes at some point. Can I, can I come too? <laughs> <laughs> I want to see all the Liverpool shirts. No. <laughs> oh, fair enough. <laughs> well, that was brilliant. I know it's a short episode today, but honestly, I hope you, all the listeners will agree it's been uh, it's been a high quality one. What a guest and what a collection. But episode 99, that's gone That's gone fast, 99 episodes. Well, it's gone really fast for me, but that's because I've only been on like 20 of them, being the, uh, the, the the new boy, the new edition. So, yeah. But no, it's it's amazing. I've been listening since the start as as a fan of the pod to begin with and now as the, uh, the, the fifth member. And it's been quite the journey. There's been some incredible episodes. And yeah, it's been really fun to be involved with. And I think... It's going to sound like I'm blowing my own trumpet. I'm not because I'm new to the pod. I think well done to the four of you for making it to 100 episodes. I think it's a really, really big achievement and I'm proud to be involved. So thank you for inviting me. And yeah, well done, team. Good work. Well, you're like the January sign-in in the January window. You've you've come along halfway through, but you've pushed us through to the title, Adam. I feel like oh, oh, we oh. can't underplay your your importance in joining the team. I was going to say, does that make me Andy Carroll or Luis Suarez, though? Like, because both January <laughs> signings were two very different. <laughs> yeah. How, I was going to say, how does it feel to grow up and present on your childhood podcast? Just, yeah, it's a dream come true. Like, like I've dreamt of this moment ever since I was, when did podcasts start? 25? And yeah, it, it means a lot. And didn't, yeah. didn't Jake Humphrey invent podcasts? Oh, yeah, yeah, he did, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's local to Norwich as well. I've seen him in my work on a couple of occasions. It's very tall. You must be the one good guy that's from Norwich. <laughs> Scott, Scott sort of lives in Norwich now. He can't say not that. from Norwich, though. And, and I'm not from Norwich either. Oh, well, that's why you're all right then. <laughs> Steve, Steve Coogan's cool. He's not from Norwich. Is he not? No, no, he just picked Norwich because it was funny to, for, for, for Alan Bartridge. He's not from Norwich. Oh, I thought he'd like... A... Really? Yeah, you know like Partridge a... is a character, right, Eddie? Yeah, I know. That's why I said Steve Coogan. <laughs> I know that, but I just, I just thought that. Oh, has that shattered I'm not all the of only your one that that, Surely, no. Yeah, but surely I'm not the only one that thought that. Can yeah. I where he's from now? Yeah, I can say I'm a hundred percent. I can see that we're all now immediately going onto our phones to go on Wikipedia. Yeah, he's from Lancashire. Lancashire, hmm? Middle Lancashire. Have... That explains why he's funny. <laughs> <laughs> he's not from Norwich. <laughs> So we've got a very special episode coming up very, very shortly, haven't we, gentlemen? We have. It is going to be 
us entering treble figures, episode 100, which is a big deal. And, you know, we don't like to blow our own trumpet, but we should blow it and we should blow it hard for episode 100. So stay tuned because we're hoping to get a few of you involved and we're hoping to make it a fun one for all of you that have listened and supported us. And we are really grateful for that support over the last 99 episodes so yeah here's to 100 i was going to drop some clues about what we're doing to try and get listeners to to tune in but i just think i think you've said enough there you know the opportunity for them to see and hear us blowing ourselves hard tom i'm sure we're going to get a whole new breed of listeners to episode 100 <laughs> yeah well episode 100 comes with uh, uh, an adult account attached to our our social so yeah keep your eyes peeled for that what is going on what is going on? Where, 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 where? This always happens on this pod. It just goes, it just goes haywire. Does everybody else not just get that on like this with X fees now, like constantly bot replies? Yeah, nonstop. They're not bots. They 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 really like me. <laughs> <laughs> They're my friends. <laughs> anyway, on that note, we can't wait to come back to you in the next. I oh, know week or two with episode one hundred. It will be a good one. Thank you. Ev- so much to everybody who's been listening all the way until now or if you're a new listener that's just started listening recently but um we love today and we're really excited for 100 so they think it's all over it is now